Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Happy Friday. Yes, we are popping into your feed a little unexpectedly today, which we like to do on occasion. And we have a really great episode today about the habits of happy home managers. We have 10 of them, 10 habits to talk about today. Megan, I need this episode. I need <laughs> I need these because we're all spending so much time at home right now. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's so interesting. It's like a reset. So it gives us the opportunity to see what works and what doesn't. But like you learn a lot about yourself and your kids when you're all crammed in a house together and your spouse. Yes. Um, and like, wow, kids can really mess up a space really quickly. That's one thing I think we're all learning, especially yeah. when like they never leave. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> And isn't it funny that, you know, you and I, in our early mom days, we spent many, many years with little kids underfoot all the time and you get kind of used to that. But then when they go Mm -hmm. away and go to school, you also get used to having your space a little bit more. So this last few months have been an adjustment for many reasons for many people. But you know what's so interesting is even outside the pandemic, this is a time of year when I would already be thinking and anticipating um, home management tips and hacks like this because kids would be coming home and about to spend the summer at home. And every year I feel like I get kind of like, okay, what are the small systems and the little things that are just going to make my life a little bit easier and more pleasant in the home this summer? And then you kind of do the same thing when they go back to school and you do it again in January. So I feel like this is, it's a, it's a great thing to revisit seasonally because we're always just getting a little bit better, right? Oh, that is very true. And I think that, you know, we're talking about small habits, doable things that we can all kind of sink our teeth into. This is not like we're going to, you know, all come out on the other side of this as suddenly amazing homemakers, because first of all, that's not even everyone's goal. Right. <laughs> and and secondly, like it, the whole point is to have a livable house that feels good to you, that runs smoothly enough, that looks good enough for you, which mm-hmm. is going to look different 
for everybody. So let's talk about some of those pain points and triggers because Sarah, I think that's been a recurring theme for you and I since we've been working together, like even before podcast days, that like the way you choose to keep your house running depends on what's important to you. And you kind of have to own that because yeah. nobody else is really going to care about the same stuff you care about necessarily. <laughs> yeah. um, and then once you've identified those pain points, you can decide that you're going to take ownership of making sure they get handled. Um, either you're going to do it or you're going to delegate it. Yeah. Or maybe you're going to develop a workaround or maybe you're going to learn to not care so yeah. much. Like you have so many options for how to deal with those triggers, but like just knowing that that's the thing that makes you nuts is like the first step. Cause if you don't know it's driving you crazy, then you can't take the next step to do something about it. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. Well, you want me to go first with a, yeah, go ahead. With a pain point or a, I think this is just more of a general struggle I have. And that is with my own consistency of effort, which might surprise some people. Cause I know I'm, you know, I come across as like pretty systematic and orderly. Um, but with cleaning and tidying, especially like dishes and laundry are different. Those are things that I am constantly just doing throughout the day, throughout the week. They don't bother me. I don't let them stress me out very much. Um, mm -hmm. But other things, I can't seem to find that same natural rhythm. So like tidying, I will let something get to what what seems to me like kind of an overwhelming or gross level of being needing to be tidied a room or the, a corner of a room or a countertop. And then I will kind of resent it for a while and then I'll throw my hands up and tackle it. It seems like I can't quite get that. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? That sort yeah. of natural rhythm of putting in the same small little bits of effort each day, day after day, like I do with dishes and laundry so that it never becomes a big trigger. And I don't have that with all areas of. Well, let me meaning. validate you okay. a little bit and um, not just validate you, but maybe like point out where there may be a fallacy in mm -hmm. that comparison because laundry and dishes are a closed system. Yeah. It's like the input and the output exactly equal each other. You know what I mean? Like yes. we messed up all these dishes. Now these dishes get clean and now they are clean and now we are going to mess them up again. It's like the same thing with laundry. I don't feel like surfaces or floors or bathrooms follow that same predictability. Yeah. Like I don't know that there's a way to predict, you know, with some kind of reliability, just how gross your like bathroom sink is going to get. Right. Because it depends. It's like a, it's like a complicated mathematical formula of like, <laughs> how spattery is this kid with your toothpaste? Like, did somebody, you know, do that thing where they were like washing their hands and they splashed water all over the mirror? Like, it's just, there's, so, there's other factors that make it a little more, I, I don't know, like, nebulous about the how much time it's going to take to actually keep it. Right. And then like clean. floors, for example, you look at it and you're like, why would I sweep this right now when we're about to, you know, have lunch and it's going to get more yeah. crumbs on it. So then you put it off and off. And I, I will say that my kind of perfectionist tendencies get in the way here because I often really would like to do an A plus plus job on something. And so I will not do it because I don't have the time or energy or whatever, fill in the blank to do it the way I want. My husband is a much more like perfunctory tidier. He'll just go around and do like a B, a solid B level tidying job, which is really <laughs> yeah. better. I'm compliment. That's a compliment to him. That is a more logical way to do things than me, like complete avoidance or complete control, you know? So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and I think that my, my, I guess, pain point trigger or whatever would, would kind of reflect yours. I really don't like spaces that are 
super cluttered. Like I really like to have at least one big cleaned off space that I can visually rest when Mm -hmm. I see it. When I lay my eyes on it, I feel good. Um, But I'm totally fine having like one area off to the side where I just put stuff like a magazine, some mail, (laughs) like my phone charger, whatever. I'm totally cool with that. As long as like 90% of the room Mm -hmm. looks the way I want it to look, I just don't look Mm -hmm. at the cluttery Mm -hmm. stuff. The problem with that is the rooms that I don't go into as often get overwhelming. Um, Like I'm not in the living room all day. So when I walk in and there's like granola bar wrappers and I'm like, you're not even supposed to be eating in here. Where are there granola bar wrappers and like blankets and pillows on the floor? You know, that's a huge trigger for me. It feels like starting over. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't take forever to clean up. It's just like that. It's just like a nagging little like white noise in the background Mm -hmm. that, you know, irritates me. So that's something I wouldn't even say that's a challenge or, or not even necessarily a pain point. It's just something I like to stay on top of. If yeah. I can. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if this is, this is not a fail. Let's file this one under, um, things we're still working at in terms of being spouses who manage a home together. I am always looking for ways to include the kids more in the responsibility of keeping our home the way we want it. And so and Brian is a natural caretaker. He's a giver. He is, he does things just to be nice. And so I will, and now we've all been home together, right? So right. he is much more inclined to just busy himself and I'll watch him picking up after the kids. And I, you know, try to stop him and say, like, I really, I really do want this to be their job, but that's just a place where it's not like we're fighting about it constantly but we approach it differently. And if I get overwhelmed with house stuff, his inclination then is to help me even more by picking up more stuff. And I've had a couple of conversations where I, I have said the biggest thing you can do to help me is to be one of the voices that nudge the kids to do their part. Cause then we get in this mm. cycle where he's quietly just helping everybody pick up all the time. And I'm thinking you're enabling them. And then I'm the one who tells them to pick it up, which makes me seem mean. Right. So I've said, you know, it would feel like an act of service to me if you actually were a delegator and not directly helping pick up. So, again, like it's not something that we're like super tense or fighting over, but it's interesting to see our two personalities and what I perceive as helpful and how he perceives being helpful are sometimes two different things. So I. I am Brian. I know you are. I know. I know. And I am John. So I'm just going to stand up for Brian. But it's not even a standing up for thing. It's just like you said, different things. So like a different way of approaching it. So from my perspective, and I don't know if this is exactly what's going on in Brian's mind, is that I'm just like puttering around, just like you described. Mm -hmm. I'm cleaning. I don't always want to wait for somebody else Mm -hmm. to like be available or ready to do something. I just want to get it done. And so I can be great and very deliberate about delegating but what I'm not as good at is holding the kids accountable for their specific mess. Mm-hmm. So there sort of becomes this absence of like a natural or logical consequence mm-hmm. or a connection between what the kids do to mess up the house and then what I give them to sure. do to clean up the right. house. Right. Like they so, are contributing, yeah. they are helping, but it's not always with their exact It's not connected. Mess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's it, it more like later I'd be like, hey guys, um, so I just spent like 10 minutes cleaning up those granola bar wrappers and then the kid I know did it looks kind of sheepish and <laughs> maybe apologizes and maybe does something nice for me. And, you know, maybe it would have been better if they'd cleaned up the wrappers themselves, but sometimes I also don't want them in my space when mm-hmm. I'm cleaning. So um, this is especially a thing in the kitchen. Like, like after dinner, I am very often like 
kind of semi-delegating and then just being like, and eh, never mind, they're all out of the like they're out of the yeah. room. I'm listening to a podcast. I don't want them back in here. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. And then later I'm gonna be like, you know what? I did those dishes for you. Like I'll yeah. always remind <laughs> them that I did them a solid because I don't want them to feel like I don't mean it. Yeah. Or that I you didn't say notice. Have, yeah. Or that I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's just for me, it's finding that balance between holding them accountable for things and then not making myself unhappy because I'm living with their mess while waiting around for them yeah. to be around to clean it. So yeah. it, it's a balance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I've noticed that's been a bit of a pain point is that I've lived in this new house for four months and it's much bigger than the old house. And I'm just remembering that it's hard to keep up with the bigger space. So if you don't go in rooms, certain rooms all the time, um, I tend to fall behind on things like light bulbs and like ceiling fans. And I won't even think about it until there's, I can't see I'm squinting mm -hmm. in every room or I turn on a fan and there's like chunks of lint <laughs> flying off of it. <laughs> and so like every so often, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, like I have to have a major reset where yeah. all I do is catch up. And I just did that like last week actually. And it felt great. Like I went ahead and took out all the burned out bulbs. I haven't ordered new ones yet, but I have all the old, like all the burned out ones. I know what to order. Mm -hmm. Um, and like things are just clean. They're just yeah. clean enough that they're going to, they're going to make it through for a couple more. I, I feel know, like the happiest home managers I know have a good balance of that deep clean reset and the everyday small habits. And that's kind of what I strive for. Like, I don't want to be, it's not like either, or I think you kind of need both. Um, but I think that's what people who genuinely love their space and living in their space have kind of landed on. Don't you think like, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Both the well, deep and, and the, and the everyday. Well, and knowing that like, um, and this is something we'll get into when we really dig into our habits, but like knowing that none of this goes away, like mm -hmm. there's no point at which you can say, I did it. I managed my household and now it's done, <laughs> right? It is always going to be getting messed up. It is always, there's always going to be something undone yeah. in your house mm -hmm. at all times. Like there's, so it's a mental shift where you don't allow it to take up more room right. um, in your mind than it is, than it warrants, yeah. I guess. And, and it's like kind yeah. of a trust that it will, you will be able to reset if not yep. today. Um, well, my last kind of just little, I don't know, this feels like a fail, like an adulting fail is I am just terrible at maintenance things unless they have a red indicator light. So if my <laughs> dishwasher tells me that it's low on rinse aid, I add rinse aid. Like I am, a, I am just completely obedient to red indicators on my phone, software updates, you <laughs> name it, or change my oil, take my car and I do it. It's like, but if there is not one, so for example, like changing out your air vent filters or doing um, the, the deep clean things you're supposed to do once a year, like your oven or, you know, who knows what else that I don't do. Like, I, I, I promise I don't do them. Like, I don't do them at all. So I yeah. just missed that day of adulting school. I think this is probably just like when we talked about um, a digital cleanup yeah. not too long ago. I feel like this is the kind of thing that you would totally rule and rock. If you just put it in the spreadsheet or whatever it is, the calendar, like, whatever yeah. the system yeah. is, you haven't created yet. It would probably, yeah. yeah, it probably, honestly, there's probably a checklist online somewhere that's like, here are all the things you should be doing as a homeowner. I know. Like, I think clean mama, all the adulting is, things, clean mama has a bunch of good stuff. I know, I know there are the home edit, I think is another. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I've never gotten to that point. And I know we're going to get into like spouse and my, in my house living in a two adult household, how we share. And I have more to talk about later on with that. 
Um, but I think that's another thing that sometimes falls through the cracks because it's neither mine nor his. It's like on neither yes. of our lists. And so it just doesn't happen. So <clears throat> I will also say that I have um, mostly rented as an adult and that has confused the issue as mm, yeah. well. Because sometimes you're you're responsible for certain things and sometimes all of it and sometimes none of it. And so I've had inconsistencies of how many of those things I have to worry about. Yeah. Um, and I haven't even like stayed in one place long enough really to have like ongoing maintenance stuff that would even be on my radar. So those are things I'm not great at. Um, and the oven. Okay. I just have to share <laughs> that last week for the very first time that I can ever remember, I cleaned out my oven and I broke it. You broke the oven? I broke it. By cleaning it? I got. Well, this is a vote for baking, never cleaning your oven. I got baking soda <gasps> on the heating element. Oh, no. And the next day it was completely corroded and broken. Oh. I mean, it's a really old stove. Yeah. I think they'll probably be able to just replace the. The filament. Um, the filament. Yes. And if not, it's not like a brand new stove or anything. Right. But I did not know that that would happen. And I wasn't like super careful. It's, a, it's an oven. It's disgusting. Like yeah. I, it, and it had gotten really gross. Like, um. A couple chunks of potato had fallen <laughs> to the bottom and then burned to a crisp. So like the whole bottom yeah. of the oven was just so gross. And I was doing this big deep clean and I thought, I'm going to tackle my oven. Like I've never done that before. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can totally see that being something that I would do. So I'm not, I am, I am with you on that. Oh, <laughs> well, let's um, take a quick break and then we can jump into our tips. Awesome. Well, Sarah, since we're talking about happy, productive household habits in today's episode, this is a great time to mention that small habits can also help our families stay safe. That's why we're excited to introduce everyone to this episode's sponsor, the American Cleaning Institute, and talk a little bit about the Packets Up campaign that wants to do just that. Yes. So the Packets Up campaign is a national awareness effort by the American Cleaning Institute to help parents and caregivers understand the importance of properly using and storing cleaning products, including laundry supplies. These days, so many of us use those liquid laundry packets, which can be really appealing to little ones who, as we know, love to put bright, shiny, squishy things in their mouths. But the great thing is that just a few simple steps can get those packets out of sight, out of mind, and more importantly, out of reach. We all want to keep our families healthy and safe, and it's easy to create a little routine for the laundry room while you're thinking about other household habits. The steps the American Cleaning Institute recommends are so simple. Just make sure you store those liquid laundry packets up high and out of sight and reach and always completely close and seal the containers when you aren't using them. That last part is so important because even if you store a container up high and out of reach, if it falls over, the packets could spill out and onto the floor where little hands can reach. Also, we know it's really tempting to display liquid laundry packets in clear glass or plastic jars. We're looking at you, Instagram. But it's really important not to do that. When you put them on display, they become even more appealing to toddlers and young children, and they're more likely to figure out a way to get at them. And we all know how quickly a little one can get up on a countertop or reach a low shelf if they're motivated, right? Yes. Well, later in the show, we're going to hear from Brian Sansoni, cleaning expert at the American Cleaning Institute, with a few more tips that can help us keep our families safe in the laundry room. And we hope you'll follow hashtag Packets Up for more laundry safety tips and ideas. All right, Megan, we've covered our, our struggles and our pain points. I'm really excited to get some small habits to get me back on track with happy home management right now. So why don't you bring us your first tip? Well, you're going to give me some tips too, right? I, I, okay, I, okay, we'll trade, we'll trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll trade, we'll trade. Okay. All right, well, the one that comes to mind um, most immediately, and Sarah, I'm actually wondering if this is maybe something that you struggle with, um, just based on what you already said, is like doing the thing that's in front of me. Um, so I think it's Gretchen Rubin that has the rule about if something can be done in two minutes or less, just do it. Mm -hmm. I believe that was in maybe the Happiness Project. Um, so this is kind of like that, 
that mentality, but I don't have like a specific time window around it. Right. I just in motion and do. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about things like switching the laundry or wiping down counters or sweeping the floor, I just find that it can be easy to spin your wheels and get stuck like in a decision-making stage where you're like, well, I have, you know, 15 minutes before the baby's up or the kid's home from school or whatever. Should I load the dishwasher? Should I put in a load of laundry? Should I do this other thing? But most of those little tasks that we're doing to keep the household running, they're not rocket science. And there's not like one best way to do them. And they're not, there isn't even usually an order that you have to put them in to make them get done correctly. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it doesn't, doesn't really matter what you do first. It doesn't always even matter if you get it done all the way. So when I find myself in a situation where there is a tidying task and I have free hands and a little free time, I just do it instead of going through the mental process of, of being like, oh, actually the right time to load the dishwasher is after we eat lunch or, right. you know, whatever it is. And sometimes that means I run out of time. Sometimes it, it just is kind of like a half done job, but then that's okay because that's that much less I have to do later. Yeah. Um, and I do start my day with kind of a general idea of when I want to try to do different things, but then it's just... It's not like there's no structure and I'm wandering around my house just like randomly tidying. But if something presents itself to me and I have a moment, I just do it. And it's become kind of my auto, my autopilot response to tidy up spaces rather than something I have to think about. Um, So I don't have to devote like any mental energy to it. In fact, sometimes I zone out and I don't even remember having done it. Like I will look around and be like, wow, it's clean in here. What happened? What happened? So yeah, Yeah. what happened? (laughs) Um, Well, that is great. It's like the done is better than perfect for household mm-hmm. tasks. And you're right. I do struggle with that. And my little mantra in that area is pick it up and put it where it goes, because I will pick something up and be like, I should completely reorganize the system that this belongs <laughs> in. And like, Nope. Pick it up and put nope. it where Use it goes. Use the existing yeah. season, the yes. system. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Well, a small habit that has really made a big difference for us is th- thinking about the traffic flow in our house And I almost get like geeky about things like efficiency and um, the way we move through and use our house and then figuring out a way to do the laziest possible thing and still accomplish the goal. So a couple examples of this Um, laundry baskets are often just in bedrooms because you take your clothes off at the end of the day, you put them in, et cetera. I'm a big fan of having laundry receptacles or baskets or Mm. bins in other creative places in the house. So kitchen linens um, in one house. We had a small bathroom off the kitchen and it actually had a bathtub with a shower curtain. And I had a whole laundry basket hidden behind that shower curtain because nobody used the shower. And so it was for it was not only for kitchen linens, but anytime the kids who were really little at that time, like randomly took off their clothes or spilled. I had an easy close by place to stash dirty laundry. And now we just have a wire basket under our sink for kitchen linens. Um, We also have a laundry basket in a common area upstairs because when my kids were smaller, they often were like you know, changing into their pajamas or like coming upstairs, dropping a swimsuit. And I found they were not making it all the way into their rooms to their hamper. So it's a really pretty basket. Like it looks, it's not a plastic one that looks like it should be, you know, hidden away somewhere. It's pretty and it sits up against the wall. And honestly, it has saved so many clothes from ending up on the floor because it's a, it's in a central area where we walk by, we pass by and it doesn't, it's, it's common laundry. It doesn't have to be like this kid's laundry or that kid's laundry. Right. Um, and, and it's in my plain view. So I'm good about emptying it and, you know, getting it into the regular laundry circulation. Um, and then one more example is we have trash and recycling bins right as you come into the house from the garage. 
And um, that has been great for things like cleaning out the car and going through the mail before you even come in. So those are just those are some small examples. But I think there's a million different ways you can think about foot traffic and usage flow of your house and be like, what could I put right here that would solve some kind of pain point or problem? So that's that's my first. Uh, That's a great tip. And, And the other thing that pops out at me about that is that if there's something that you otherwise would have a hard time remembering to do, like keeping it in front of you. So that like the visual, it's always in your line of sight um, makes for me a huge difference. Yeah. If I see something, I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if it's behind a closed door, I forget about it. Yeah. Um, really quick before I go into my next habit, I want to mention my laundry chute. Oh, you have a laundry it, chute in this house? I have a laundry <gasps> chute in this new house and it is a game changer. Let me tell you, it is <sighs> amazing. Um, <laughs> let's do that little sigh. So I used to have like we used to have a real problem with laundry basket management because yeah. I felt like people were stealing them or hoarding them. People. Um, I never people. had one when I needed it. Well, and we needed them to carry laundry up and downstairs and all over the house. Now everyone just, the laundry chute's actually in my room, but everybody has, you know, permission to use it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, the, so the laundry baskets stay in the laundry room. The laundry comes down the chute. And then I just like, take it out. It's right outside the um, kitchen. I, I spread it all out on the island, hold everything, and then give everyone their clothes that they have to then go put away and bring the basket back down and put in the laundry room. So like, there's never these problems with a random basket, half full of dirty clothes that I really need that basket for clean yeah. clothes because dirty clothes never need to go into a basket. Yeah. Wow. It's that is, I've never I know. lived in a house with a laundry chute. So oh, I never have either. Amazing. <laughs> it is something. It is something. Okay. So, um, my next happy habit is, this is going to sound kind of like a big thing, but I'll, I'll get there to the, where the small habit is, is that I do, like I mentioned earlier, set aside those large chunks of time for finishing. Um, I'm not really good at bringing projects to completion all the time. And it's like, I have to set aside time to do that. Um, also deep clean, stuff like that. But the small habit is that I don't worry about it the rest of the time. Yeah. So I, I'm never in a mentality where I'm getting down on myself because I haven't like unpacked the last eight items from that box that's been in the corner of my room for four months or, or like, because I haven't, you know, mopped my bathroom floor, my kitchen floor in my mentality, those projects aren't what normal days are for. I love that. Normal days aren't for that. (laughs) Um, those projects were special days and those days I'm going to clear my calendar. I'm going to gather up all the cleaning supplies. I'm going to turn on the loud music and pour a glass of wine and put my hair in a top knot and I'm going to like dive in. And I may only do it once every couple of months, but when I do it, I'm like fanatical. I'm yeah. like an insane person. So last week I had two days where I just did all of the things like mm-hmm. all I was dirty the entire time. Mm-hmm. I was just, I didn't bother showering. I was just gross. And I knew that at the end of those two days, like it was going to have been done. Yeah. And now I'm not even going to worry about it for like another month at least. Like there's no worry. There's no worrying allowed. I really like that. And I I feel like I've given that kind of advice about other things. Like once you just decide that this is not on your list, it's so incredibly freeing. Um, But I've never really thought about it for that kind of thing. So I'm immediately going to incorporate that because that's kind of what I mean when I can get down on myself by I'm constantly doing dishes and laundry, but then I'm looking around and seeing these other things. So just deciding that they belong to another category of housework is genius. That's great. They are not for today. Today is not the day for those things. And like, it just, it just allows you to give yourself that grace and it doesn't take up mental energy. It's just like a no, it's like a guilt-free zone. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, well, this is more about the family culture around cleaning and, um, 
I am going to go way back to something that I remember learning from you a gazillion years ago when you wrote on your blog about kind of um, a pattern you'd gotten into about the way you reacted when there was a mess. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We got to pick all this up. And like you talked about how you had to train yourself (laughs) out of um, having your little kids see you have such a dramatic reaction Freak to a out spill or a mess spilled, yes. or clutter. And I've always, I mean, my kids were tiny when I started reading your blog. So I've always kind of liked having that in the back of my mind and tried to be pretty aware about kind of the culture we're creating about, you know, messes and cleaning and also just the, the realities of managing a home that it's not a punishment. It's not a bad thing or something to dread. It's just, it's just, we live together and here are the things that we do. So I think that's something that I've just tried to do in a general way, but the small habit Um, that works really well with my kids right now is just pairing a family cleanup with something fun we're going to do afterwards. And it might sound incredibly obvious, but if your kids are younger and they, they haven't helped very much yet, um, it's very common for us to say like, okay, everybody out, we're going to tackle the garage for a little bit. Our garage has become our like de facto play area, you know, this spring Mm -hmm. and okay, we're going to all tackle it. And then we're going to, you know, do a family basketball tournament. And so we're all doing it. That's, that's not optional. And then there is something fun at the end. It's not a bribe. It's just like, we're all going to pitch in and then we're going to do this other fun thing. And what's, what's cute is that now the kids will almost come to me and propose their own, like, Hey mom, if we clean up the, you know, the play area here, can we get out the tent and, you know, pitch a tent in the family room if we clean up first. And so they, They've kind of internalized this, like, what can we do to improve the space before we before right. we move on to the next thing? And so that's just maybe um, like a small habit around the way you think about the examples you're setting for your kids. Um, and at any time you can pair something less fun with something fun. I mean, that's just it, it makes it easier, right? You get a little reward. Well, and that's such a like a, a, an adult skill to have or um, mentality to have the ability to uh, put off fun. Yeah. The ability to like delay gratification. And that is the difference between a toddler and a bigger kid and a teenager and an adult is like that slow, steady march toward being able to do that. Like that's what separates. And seeing the internal reward in like that you will enjoy having this clean space to watch your movie in. And that, that takes, you know, many, many years to even care about. Right. Yeah. But it's it, you do learn it a little bit at a time. So I, I love that one. Um, okay. Well, my next habit, um, is that I often do things for later, Megan. And I think it was maybe the girls next door podcast. Do they call that the high five? Yes. A high five for my future self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, so later Megan, and sometimes I think of it this way, like would later Megan be happy if she walked into the room and it looked a certain way. Yeah. And so like, it's like, I'm just, I'm just looking out for myself. And so one example might be that before I go to bed at night, I always make sure my favorite tea mug is clean. It's either in the dishwasher and running or already been put away. And then that way, first thing in the morning, I don't have to search for it or mm-hmm. wash it because I'm not going to be in the mood when I first get up and I'm just going to want my tea. Um, another one is like after I wash my hands in the bathroom, I often will then quickly wipe the counters down or like tidy up the toothpaste situation mm-hmm. or something that's going to make that space feel good and make me feel good about it. And it, these are literally one to two minute things. It's not like I'm cleaning the bathroom every time I'm in there. But if if there's an area, if there's something for you that is a triggery thing, just do it. Like mm-hmm. do it for yourself. You're literally doing it for later you. Yeah, I love that. Well, Megan, now is a great time to take a break and hear a little more about our sponsor. Yeah, Sarah, I love that our sponsor, the American Cleaning Institute, is so focused on educating families about laundry safety, especially when it comes to those liquid laundry packets that little ones are so attracted to. 
And I mean, I get it because those packets are really pretty to look at and <laughs> I'm attracted to them and I'm 42 years old. <laughs> so we talked to a cleaning expert at ACI and he shared some tips for safe storage in the laundry room. I'm Brian Sansoni and I work for the American Cleaning Institute. Our organization has been around for more than 90 years and it's always been very important to us to really showcase the information about using and storing everyday products the right way, particularly families with young kids. Kids are naturally curious, and parents and caregivers are busy, especially in these times where we're working from home and their kids are home from school, so accidents can happen very quickly. It's just important to make sure that all cleaning products, including laundry detergents, laundry packets, are stored out of sight and out of reach in a locked cabinet, ideally secured with a child safety lock. But look, not all of us may have a cabinet available in our home space. So just make sure you place the liquid laundry packets in the original packaging, which is designed to be difficult for children to access. Well, the bottom line is this, uh, staying healthy also means staying safe. The cleaning and laundry and hygiene products that we all depend on to help keep us healthy will do their job if they are used as directed as intended. And we all need to make sure we're using them properly, uh, we're storing them safely to help prevent unintended injuries. That is great advice. It wouldn't have even occurred to me that it's best to keep the liquid laundry packets in their original packaging, but that makes so much sense. Yeah. And the American Cleaning Institute also wants us to develop the habit of staying alert when you're handling any products that could potentially be harmful to the kids. It's so easy to start putting in a load of laundry. Then someone calls you from the other room and you wander away and mm -hmm. leave that liquid laundry packet sitting on top of the washing machine. I mean, it happens to the best of us. But one small habit you could build around this is just doing regular safety checks. Maybe like remembering to do a visual scan of the laundry room before you leave every time. That's a great idea. One tip they had that's really smart is to bag your liquid laundry packets separately from your other groceries so you can remember to put them away and out of reach as soon as you get home instead of leaving them lingering in the bag with the pasta and the peanut butter and on the countertop for an hour or two. I love that idea. I mean, it's like you're watching me or something. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, ACI also offers a free cling you can put up on your cabinet or anywhere in your home that's going to remind you to put those packets up and out of the reach of children. I love that idea because that could be a really helpful reminder if you regularly have other people in your household, like maybe a nanny or a grandparent or your spouse um, who's also unpacking groceries or doing laundry. It's just a good visual reminder. I love that. Well, the American Cleaning Institute has a lot of great information and tips on their website. Just go to packetsup.com and you'll be able to order that free cling. Or you can follow hashtag packetsup on social for laundry room safety tips and information. And if someone does get their hands on a liquid laundry packet and puts it in their mouth, or even if you just think they may have, call the Poison Helpline 1-800-222-1222 right away. We all want to make our homes as safe as possible, especially since we're spending so much time in them right now. And remembering to store liquid laundry packets out of reach is one small habit you can start right away that can make a big difference. Thanks again to the American Cleaning Institute for sponsoring this episode. And remember, packets up. Okay, so one little thing that my husband Brian and I have done the last few years that's really helped with how we think about longer term home management. I know we're talking today about a lot of small habits here and there, but we do have 
longer term projects, either on the maintenance side of our homes or maybe like a remodel or, or something fun that we want to do. Um, and in my brain, it's easy for those things to get jumbled. You know, Brian and I have been living in the same space for 16 years, I think. And so we definitely have our systems um, for co-parenting and co-homeowning. Um, and that all like kind of is in its groove. But when it comes to bigger projects, what I found is my priorities are not always his priorities, or we'd have something that we kind of dream about and neither of us would ever do anything about it. So very simply, we just started a shared Google sheet a couple years ago, um, where it could be a shared doc or whatever you like, but for us, it's electronic and we both have access to it. And every few months we go in and we just put everything we'd ever want to do in our house. We don't put a price tag on it. We don't put a timeline on it. It's truly like a dream list. Um, and and some of it's more exciting than others. Like some of it is that we know we're going to need a new air conditioner. That's not very exciting, but it, it goes on the list anyway. And some of it might be to paint the exterior of the house or a landscaping project. Um, and then we revisit that together every two or three months. And what's a, a couple of things happen when we revisit it. One, sometimes we realize that some of the things on the list actually got done. They might've gotten done because something forced it, like something broke or we, you know, we had to tackle something or that just in the course of, you know, Home Depot trips and weekends at home, we just got it done. So some things we get to cross off the list. Other things we might want to reprioritize, like, okay, I think we're finally ready. We're going to, we're going to do this thing. And then that turns into a conversation about budget or, you know, roles and responsibilities. And then of course, the last thing is it gives us an opportunity to add more things to that list. So um, this is not your everyday housekeeping list. This is definitely a longer term kind of a to dream list. Um, but sharing it and having regular conversations about it has really been helpful for us. I love that. I could do that for myself. Like, yeah, because often there are things it's it's about communication, but it's also for myself. I just forget. Yes, you do forget <laughs> There's stuff. Yeah, you forget. Yeah. And don't you think seasonally, too, because we don't have the four seasons that you do, but we still have seasons. And like, let's say yeah. it's like you want an umbrella for your patio because it gets really bright in the summer and then you put it off and then the rest of the year happens. And then 12 months later or 10 months later, you're like, oh, man, we oh, really man. need that umbrella. And you just right, you I know. never actually execute. So. You never did the thing. Yeah, um, I love that. Well, here's a really simple one. And this is one of those things that for me has just become habit over time. Um, it's like things sometimes start off as something you have to really consciously do and then become completely subconscious. Mm -hmm. And this is a subconscious thing for me. And it's just that when I'm leaving a room, I always give it almost always a quick scan and see if there's anything I should take out with me on my way into another room. So mm -hmm. this is like, again, that quick mental mathematics. Like I know that I'm going to be passing by the kitchen. So is there anything in this room that needs to make its way back to the kitchen. And I actually developed this habit when I had several children in diapers at one time mm -hmm. um, because we had a changing table, but we never used it. The diapers and wipes just kind of traveled around the house. Yeah. And I learned how much it really sucks to have a blowout emergency diaper situation, but the wipes are like upstairs. Or you have a baby who just, who's, you know, a spit upper and the burp cloths aren't in the room with you. Mm -hmm. So I guess I had just developed this habit of looking around and going, Okay, so I'm headed toward this room. Is there anything in this room I can return or that mm -hmm. I might want to use when I get in there? And now it just happens. Like it, it is such second nature. I don't deliberately think it through. I don't have a plan for moving things around my house. I'll just like look down and realize halfway down the stairs that I have a LaCroix can in one hand and like, you know, something yeah. like, a, like a, a bill that I want to take downstairs in the other hand. And I don't even really know how it happened. It just, it just does. I love that. So, I yeah. I also do this, but I think I have a habit of 
not taking things all the way to completion because I will often then leave said items in kind of a midway point. Our staircase has these <laughs> flat banister resting areas. Like just, those are dangerous. I if know. I had those, those would be problematic. Well, mine aren't very big. They're like six by six. They're like a square of like six by six inches. Just they're, they're big enough to balance a, a plastic water bottle or like a book or something, but there's like the stairs wind. So there's like five of them as you go up the stairs and they're just constantly, there's something waiting to go. It's like purgatory. It's like the next, they're just waiting to go to the next landing. Um, but yeah, I love that. Love that idea. Well, here's one that I employ often, and that is when I'm overwhelmed, and I think I've set up in this episode that it's easy for me to get overwhelmed. When I'm overwhelmed, I make a short list. So I'm a list maker and a list follower, and I often have big running lists like I just talked about in my last tip. Um, But when I am overwhelmed, those big, long running lists and calendars and schedules do not help me because I just sort of feel like I'm spinning my wheels and I'm, I'm quote unquote busy but I have trouble prioritizing. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling. So when in mm, doubt, mm-hmm. I make a very short list and it may be two or three things. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Megan, I texted you and I was like, here are my rocks for the day. And I yes. accountability partner shared them with you. One was work related, but one was to deep clean my bathroom. And then the other was like, I don't even remember what it was like three things. And I was like, I'm just telling you right now that I am going to do these three things today. And in this time of staying at home, I think it's been a really common experience for people to feel like they are spinning their wheels or they're being pulled in a bunch of different directions. Mm -hmm. And so that that um, it's such a it's kind of a downer of a feeling to feel like you've been busy, but you can't put your finger on anything you've completed or finished. Um, Right back to those newborn days. Right. You're like, what did I do today? (laughs) What did you say I did today? So those lists, And and for me, it's got to be like very explicit, like written on a post-it or accountability partner texted to someone else um, and just say, this is the thing I'm going to do. It might be one thing. It might literally be mm-hmm. one thing. But for me, one, two or three things is accomplishable. And it, it actually feels really good to accomplish those three things. So when in doubt, when overwhelmed, make a short list and then and then do it. Make it an achievable short list yeah. and then you'll feel great. I love that. Um, this is my last one. And I've talked about this on the show kind of a lot, but it 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 fits on this list. And that is, I am a habitual delegator. Mm -hmm. And so my kids joke that they sometimes will dread entering a room that I'm in because like, (laughs) it's like, Hey, Will, good to see you. How's your day? Hey, do me a favor. And then at that point he'll turn around and like run out of the room as Uh fast as he can. Um, and they'll roll their eyes and like, bro about it, you know, but I don't actually see them trying to avoid me. So I guess they must like me enough that they will take the risk, but the chances are good. If any kid comes within my line of sight, they will get a task. And I think that I've just hammered in the messages long enough that we're like, we're all in this together. We all make sacrifices for each other. And part of living in a family means everybody has a part to play. So while they might give me a little flack about it, um, and they're not always thrilled about having stuff to do, they're good natured about it. And it's not always the thing that needs to be done the most urgently. It's never the thing that needs to be done the most well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Hardly ever. I save that for myself. If I care about it, I do it. Right. Yeah. But I'm picturing um, like there's a wheel on one side and a wheel on the other side. The wheel on one side is all the tasks Mm -hmm. and the wheel on the other is the kids Mm -hmm. in my house. Mm -hmm. And like at some point, two of those things are going to meet like match up. Uh Like Uh if you spun both the wheels, there's going to be like the fact that the dishwasher needs to be emptied right now. And Owen just walked in the room. Those two things just went together. Woo. So like, yeah. So it's just it's habitual. um, And it did take me time to get to develop that habit, to even understand 
what my kids were capable of, what I could give them to do, what I needed to hold on to. Like that takes time, mm-hmm. but it's so worth building that habit. Yeah. And and you, I've shared on the show before, you've been like definitely a mentor to me in this area because your kids are older. And I can speak from experience that now having made it a habit just to not be afraid to ask. You know, I have a couple kids yeah. who are dramatic and will like crumple into a meltdown if I ask them to do one thing, if that's not what they were planning on doing, but you got to push through that. It's not like, right. you know, I, I don't mean you have to stand for the meltdown every time, but I mean, there's light on the other side where if a kid walks into a room and you ask them to do something, they won't have a meltdown, but it takes work right. <laughs> to get there. Um, They'll just have like a, an eye roll. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I would be happy with an eye roll. So yes, I fully agree that it takes practice. Um, and that you are, you are the master delegator. So, well, and two other things about that is one is that this is one of those things as our kids get older, we cannot take personally. We cannot take mm-hmm. it personally when they have a reaction to a fair request, like when they have an over the top reaction. And I know that the, I know the inclination to be like, oh man, is this, can, are they not able to handle this? Is it too much? Are they overwhelmed? Blah, blah, blah. But like, we can't take that on ourselves. Right. Just like you can't take it personally when you're teenager doesn't think your jokes are funny or or whatever. Like those, you have to separate yourself emotionally from those reactions. Otherwise you won't ever, like you said, be able to push through it. Right. And the other thing is, you know, I'm really clear about what I want them to do or expect them to do, but I'm usually really flexible about like how and when it gets done. And I'm clear when I, when I make the request. So if I want a kid to unload the dishwasher right now, because I want to load it right now so that I can clear off the counter so that I can start dinner. I'll say that like, mm-hmm. I need this done right now, but if I don't need it done right now, I'll say, oh, okay, like how about sometime in the next couple of hours when you get a chance, when you're done, you know, gaming with your friends, like whatever it is, like I'm very willing to let them kind of determine how and when it's going to get done, which I think gives them just kind of a, more of a feeling of power. Yes. Um, a lot of times when kids are freaking out like that, it's because they are losing, like they have Mm -hmm. no control really. Right. So they're losing even more control over their, their itinerary or their environment, whatever. And so sometimes you can like add a little bit of that back just by giving them some options or like even just leaving it somewhat open-ended, knowing you might have to check in again and Mm -hmm. remind, like we've talked about that a million times on the show. Like just because I asked it to be done does not mean I won't have to remind. I probably Mm -hmm. will. I might have to remind more than once. Um, and that's just part of my job. Yeah. So like, they know it has to get done. They know they can do it in X window of time. And they know they've learned through repetition that if they don't, I'm not going to let them off the hook. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm going to come yeah. back and say, Hey, that thing you were supposed to do. Well, your, your window's up now. You got to do it now. Yeah. I, <laughs> now, I really now it's love an emergency. I love that because <laughs> in built into what you just said is so much respect for you know, a kid's kind of inner life. I'm thinking about like when my kids wander into a room and it looks like they're doing nothing. Um, for sure. My first inclination would be like, Hey, have you picked up your room? Like, can you take the, can you feed the dog? Can you do this? And you know, I forget that not everything that goes on kids don't have, well, now they have zoom meetings, but they don't have like checklists and work meetings. Like we do, they have play and they have stuff going on and they might be thinking about something or on, you know, on their way to start a new project. And so I love that the way you described it kind of gives space for, you know, that kid might be in the middle. They might not look like they're in the middle of something important, but they might be in their own way. Right. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am going to finish on a light note. And that is um, just with a little story here that I was without my wireless earbud. Um, (laughs) I actually have studio studio is the brand that I have, but basically like Bluetooth AirPod type 
listening device with no cords, nothing that has to be attached to yeah. my phone. Um, there are many brands out there. I know our listeners love their AirPods. I love my studios. I was without mine for probably over a month because one of the little tips fell out on a walk in the park. And, um, oh, so yeah. it, was, it didn't have a tip and I couldn't find a replacement. And anyway, um, I am reunited with my Bluetooth headphones and they are charged <laughs> and in my ears. And I cannot think of a more motivating way to clean and tidy and pick up and catch up on house stuff than by sticking those things in your ears and turning on really good music or a podcast. Yep. It's like kind of a game changer and I just kind of forgotten, but we're all living through this time where the people are just around us all of the time. And I have my daily walks and that has been a good break, but I, I don't really have any time in my own house where there are no people. And yeah. um, so using those and turning on good music is so motivating for a cleaning project. And not only is it, you know, keeping the kids out of my ears, I actually find it helps me focus. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't have trouble focusing with work stuff on the computer. I'm pretty singular focused, but I can definitely lose focus with just the way we've talked about the wandering around and the picking this up. And, you know, there's so many different tasks that I can kind of meander. But if I want a focus task, like cleaning a bathroom or tackling one closet, um, the music in my ears or the podcast in my ears is so helpful and just so enjoyable. It just brings a level yeah. of joy. So I'd kind of forgotten. And if you out there have forgotten or never understood the power and they have to be Bluetooth wireless, you can't have the cord catching on the knobs, which was what was happening to me <laughs> and like yes. ripping out of your ears. That's just horrible. So get yourself, put that on your list, people. Love it. Yeah, definitely. Like wireless earbuds are a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, I fully agree. And I think that's a great tip and a habit to wind up on. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This was really fun. I love, as you know, talking about household stuff. And I think right now we all just need to make our home lives as what is it sane and satisfying? Isn't yes. that what we used to say yes. back in the day? Yeah. So again, thank you to our sponsor, the American Cleaning Institute. Remember that if you go to packetsup.com, you can get that free cling that you can put on your cabinet to remind you to keep those liquid laundry packets up and out of sight. Or you can follow hashtag packetsup on social for more laundry room safety tips and information. And as always, if you forget any of that or you've got your wireless earphones in right now and you didn't write it down, head to the show notes at themomhour.com and we have all the links and all the information about the American Cleaning Institute and the hashtag Packets Up campaign for you to check out there. So that's themomhour.com. And Megan, this was really fun. We'll talk to everybody soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. 
The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 